How are we doing, Laker fans? This is Daniel Belts from King Watch LA. And if you guys just watched the game, the Lakers are now 1-1 in the series with the Portland Trailblazers. Much better effort tonight after the hideous performance in Game 1. Uh, series is tied, 1-1. Game 3 will be on Saturday. And uh, before we get started on this, make sure you go ahead and follow King Watch LA on Twitter. Make sure you follow the team at Hoops and Brews as well. Uh, we're pushing out dope content the entire time through this uh, bubble playoffs and while the Lakers march towards championship number 17. And the Lakers finally played like the team you saw before the bubble. You kind of saw them play defense how they should, kind of knock down open shots, and you just saw them play with intensity i hadn't seen the lakers play like that on defense in a couple months uh no time like this and the bubble even against the clipper game um like it didn't look it didn't look like it was in sync it kind of looked forced rushed tonight i i think anthony davis just said f it like i am the best defender on the team my energy my impact makes a difference on this team so i need to play how i'm going to play and not let um, I think Anthony Davis, the only person that can stop Anthony Davis is AD. I don't think whatever the defense throws at him can stop him. I just think if he is going to play like he did tonight, I don't think the Lakers are beatable in a playoff series. And it's not just that he scored 30 and 10. It's how he did it. He didn't settle for jumpers. He stopped with his fadeaways. I think I only saw two or three tonight instead of uh, the continuation of how many he tried in game one tonight. He just said, F it. I'm going to attack. I'm going to go to the rim. If they're not going to call fouls, I'm just going to have to finish. And that's what he did tonight. And the Lakers do play better when he kind of stops settling. And once he stops settling, if he's going to kick it out, he can get uh, in better position to get the ball back. That's when LeBron can find him or KCP can find him or Kuz or whoever or he just ends up making the open three-pointer, which he hit tonight. Anthony Davis' game looks a lot smoother as well when he's making the threes instead of missing. I think he went 0 for, like 0 for 5, I think, in game one. And we'll talk on LeBron a little bit later. Uh, as far as stat-wise, it was a subpar game for LeBron and Nat, but who cares about stats and wins? Like, I just know really only people should care about wins. Like, that's why after game one, I was I didn't care that LeBron had, like, 25, 16, and 16. We lost. I didn't care what he did. Tonight, they won. He played, what, 25 minutes? That's a ton of rest going into game three on Saturday, and that's what we want to see in L.A. We want to see our stars resting because we have that big of a lead. I don't need to see him in there in garbage time getting points, and that's not what he wanted to do tonight either. They just made sure they got the W and then took the starters out. Um, and like I said, Anthony Davis, he's pretty much good at, uh, everything. I wouldn't say he's fantastic at anything on offense, but he's pretty great at a lot of things. Um, make sure you guys like on as well on this, on YouTube, uh, drop likes wherever, um, and make sure to comment and follow along all of our platforms as well. Um. We're just trying to get you guys as much content as we can during this playoff time because there's nothing else on TV. It's just Lakers basketball and I guess the rest. But um, just make sure you guys drop a like, follow, comment, whatever. I'm here to talk to you guys about whatever you want. I can see all the comments that you guys have in the thing. Um, let's get to LeBron had uh, Gary Trent on him and went 4 of 11. What is going on? Uh, yeah, LeBron looks a little rusty. 
Um, the Lakers didn't really try during the bubble. Um, there's no continuation with from March until the bubble. As you can see, the Lakers still trying to implement new players into the team. Like you saw uh, Dion and JR play tonight in the first half when the game actually meant something. There's still just a lot of pieces that need to gel, uh, rotations and lineup adjustments that they need to make. And it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, whether or not Fogel ever switches to AD at the five and takes out JaVale. Because that's a whole other thing that they need to get into as well. And it's not just uh, Gary Trent guarding LeBron. It's Gary Braun, and then you see someone right behind uh, Gary Trent ready to help. And when the Lakers shooters aren't making shots, that person is not going to rotate over. They're just going to be there to guard LeBron, which is what Nurkic and Whiteside do. That's why you see Whiteside get a lot of blocks because I wouldn't say Whiteside plays defense. He just blocks shots kind of – I'm not going to sign a Rudiger that bad, but it's kind of similar in what they do. Uh, great great rim protectors, great shot blockers, but a lot of their defensive stats come with just helping over instead of actually being the one-on-one defender. And so I wouldn't say LeBron is being guarded by Gary Trent as much as the entire Blazer team is focusing on LeBron and making the Lakers role players make shots, which guess what? It happened tonight, and that's why the Lakers blew up the Blazers. It wasn't even close. Like Midway through the third, fourth quarter, I stopped caring about the game. Um, kind of was focused on the random Mark Jackson and George Carl feud that's going on for whatever reason. And yeah, like mainly just got off jokes on Twitter uh, for random stats, but J.R. Smith actually outscored uh, LeBron James tonight, which is nuts. Um, And I don't know Uh, for, let's see, let's get into Danny Green a bit. Um, I don't know what Danny Green is right now. I don't know what he's going to be a couple games from now. You want to see him kind of get on a hot streak, but Danny Green always has two or three playoff games each year where he's lights out. And we're going to need Danny Green to be lights out. Probably not this series, but in the uh, second round, third round, or finals. And we want that to happen when a game that we're going to need it instead of a game like tonight where we didn't need Danny Green's score production at all. What's mind-blowing me is his defense. I didn't realize how slow he was moving laterally, and that's going to be a problem with Dame, um, with Harden, with Westbrook, and whoever he guards in, like Lou Will maybe for the Clippers. Uh, Bucks. I don't see that happening because they don't really have a guy that can get to the rim outside of Giannis, and there's no way in hell Danny Green's guarding uh, Giannis. Um, should Danny Green be benched? I don't know. Who would you start over him? I think a lineup of JaVale, AD, LeBron, and Kuzma would kind of look weird. It's, there'd be too much height out there, and I think the second unit would suffer, especially if uh, Vogel's not playing Dion as much as he should in the second unit. Because even there was a simple... Uh, pick and roll between Anthony Davis and Dion tonight. It was either Dion or it was either AD or Dwight. They set a screen and Dion got a, uh, got a mid range shot that went in and we don't have many mid range shot creators outside of LeBron and AD. And that'll be pivotal going forward because if the shots, if the shots aren't falling from three, we're going to need something to provide offense outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron and Dion can get his own shot. 
So if you're going to bench Danny Green, I don't know who you're going to bench him for. So at this point, I'm fine with starting him. He's just going to need to knock down his shots. And if that doesn't happen, that's when you take him out. Um, like tonight, I don't want to see long spurts of JR because too much JR is not winning basketball. But little spurts, I can see it happening. Uh, he hit some tough threes tonight. And that's the thing about uh, JR Smith. He can hit tough threes. And I, I mean, anytime I see him shoot a, tr uh, a catch-and-shoot release, I think it's going in. I just have that confidence in J.R. Smith as a shooter. And then defensively, if AD's playing like that, if AD's playing that locked in, you can have J.R. Smith out there. If JaVale, who actually played very well to me. Uh, JaVale, we got on you a lot. Uh, we had some harsh words about whether or not you should still be playing on this team. And tonight... You played like an actual NBA center. You rim protected. You didn't take stupid shots like the hook shots you always do for whatever reason. And anytime I think JaVale takes that kind of hook shot or tries too much on offense, it's a turnover. It's not a missed shot to me. It's a turnover. Um, so if JaVale's playing like that, you can get away with JR. You can get away with Dion. You can get away with whoever you, you want because if our bigs are playing like that, LeBron and KCP are locking up on defense. If KCP who will show a little love in this segment because Lakers do not win this game that handily without KCP. And I'm going to welcome uh, Pabby from Hoops and Bruce to the live stream right now. What's good, man? How do you feel today, man? How do you feel? Uh, a lot less drunk than last <laughs> time and a lot better today, actually. <laughs> uh, it was just, it's been a long time. It's been eight years since I've seen the Lakers win a playoff game. Yo, no, I, I, I heard him doing the stream say I think the semifinals in 2012 was the last time. Yep, May 18th, 2012. The Thunder, right? Yep. That's first of all, I like it's 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 been so long. I actually forgot that the Lakers even played the Thunder in the playoffs. Yep. Like it's been that long, and just thinking about you know, obviously you know we, I mean we mm -hmm. around the same age, like we grew up yeah. with the Lakers. Like you saw them in the playoffs every single year. Yep. So this to know it's been an eight year drought for Lakers fans, you know, as far as getting back to the playoffs is crazy. So you know, shout out to you, congratulations to you. I'm you know I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy feeling much better today. No, like it's it feels like it's been eight years, but it feels like an eternity. Like it it feels like because like I said, I'm 28. <laughs> For from like ages six to twenty one, we were in the playoffs. I had no idea what life outside of playoff basketball was. I'm like, hey, we're not playing in May. What the hell is going on? What am I doing? Nah, I mean, just like look at how many things the world has endured since the Lakers yep. last won a playoff yeah. game. Man. Yeah, like two presidential terms, basically. You got like iPhone. Like I don't even think five or four G, whatever G we own, existed mm -hmm. yet. Um, I mean, so, I mean, so many things were different, you know. The last streaming, even damn near, wasn't even yeah. a thing last time. Yeah. Like, so many things have changed since the last time Lakers won a playoff game. So, yeah, yeah, no, just tonight was it was just refreshing to see, and it wasn't just a Lakers win; it was a Lakers blowout win. It's a like blowout win, like because Laker fans are used to star players resting in the fourth and the early rounds too, and that's what kind of happened tonight. And I think that's why we were so upset after Game One because this should not be a series. It should be a series. No, I disagree with that. It should be a series, but but like I said, like even when I picked, like granted, I, I, I like keep it G with, with one of my homies. I bet it that the Blazers would win, but I bet it the Blazers would win on some like this is my friend, like whatever. Like I'll bet yeah. the money, like it's whatever. Like I don't do I do I really believe the Blazers? No, 
I said Lakers in six. I think it'll yeah. be a tough six, but I also think that this is a series that, you know, I I, I think some first-round series can be beneficial. Yeah. You know, especially, like, you know, the fact you have four months off. You're playing a team that did go to the conference finals last year. It's not like this is the, you know, normal AFC. I think it's good to have a competition first round, you know, and be pushed a little bit, you know, because next round it only gets tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I don't think, like, they'll win by 30 points every single night, but I do think yeah. – there were a lot of things in this game that I like that they did as opposed to game one that we can get into later. Yeah, so let's get into one of those now. I think Anthony's Davis, Anthony Davis's intensity from the jump is actually will be the deciding factor in the series. When he plays like that on defense and just lets the offense come to him instead of trying too much in the, uh, in the fadeaway BS that he likes to fall in love with, if he just lets offensive putbacks, simple post-ups, running in transition and finishing, that's all he needs to focus on. He'll get 30 and 10 just off that each night, and especially if he just knocks down an open three. That's why I say it shouldn't be a series, because if he brings that defensive intensity, the Blazers won't be able to score enough to beat this Laker team. And I think it should be over in five. I think we generally sweep them. I think what they showed tonight, we kind of did to like AI in 2001. So like I, yeah. I, kind, of, I kind of see like we kind of got like, we realized, hey, we're actually playing a person that can kill us if we don't respect his game. And Fair. I think I, I feel like LeBron and AD kind of are like, all right, like we got to like, we don't need to play any more games than we need to play because it's going to be a long playoff series the next round, the Western Conference Finals and the finals. So I, I think they just kind of like handle business. And I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on what Dame and CJ do next game to kind of counteract what the Lakers did tonight. I don't know. I, 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 I got to go back and watch the game, but even more so than Dame and CJ, I think Melo got to be better. Yeah, I, I, I think I think I mean I don't I mean I don't know what he had ten points tonight, but I think the way he had the ten points, he probably shot like thirty something percent or something like that. I think that no. Melo, Carmelo, and Melo had two tonight. Two points. Two points. It was two points. Yeah, Melo played the whole game and had two points. I believe so. Yeah, unacceptable like that. I like mean, that's supposed to be real quick. Two. I I gotta I I gotta I gotta Google this man had two points. Yeah, two points, one of six shooting. Yeah, no, nah, that that's like that's like that. Like Melo for the most part has averaged sixteen points when he's been in mm-hmm. Portland. You know, he's kind of your on some nights he's been the second option, even you know over um CJ. He's been the second option yeah. even over CJ. Melo Melo has to be better. You know, and granted, they probably have to help him in ways to be better. But Melo does have to be better. I, but I I do think the one. The Lakers did make it a thing to play much, much better defense tonight. Not everything, you know, the one time, I think it was like the second quarter when Melo was in the post, post up on somebody, I forget who it was. But like, but like Dwight Howard came and doubled immediately as Melo like spun usually to like the, you know, baseline and goes to get that layup over the Eagles. He got the instantly and made Melo, you know, pass the ball and do something that Melo isn't, um, you know, uh, used to doing, yeah. if, if I can say. So, I mean, I, as far as what they could do differently, I mean, I think a lot of it is just hit shots. I think they could maybe move a little bit more. I think that, you know, sometimes the Blazers' offense gets a little bit stagnant and it kind of relies on iso ball. I think maybe they could just move around a little bit more. You know, now, again, this is something that they haven't really done, done all season, so I don't know if you just, you know, get to game. I mean, obviously, at this point, it's only like game like 78 maybe, but like, I don't know if you get to game 78 or 80 and then start switching up what you do completely, but they could probably move the ball a little bit more. I think that they did a better job of getting out on Dame and not giving him the room from 35 feet. I think they realized, well, you know, this is a shot that Dame can hit. 
So it was like, I guess we got to go out there and play defense. Um, I think the the lineup, the lineup of Whiteside and Nurkis, I don't hate. I think that Kuzma took advantage of Nurkis a little bit, but I do like the fact that um, I thought as far as rebounding, um, they rebounded that that lineup at least rebounded well. But more yeah. so, what I was impressed by by the Lakers, even moving off the Blazers, the fact that you know I done many podcasts, but I thought that you know Bron should spend a little bit more time in the post, and I thought today Bron spent a lot more time in the post. And I thought that that was something that was very, very beneficial um, to, to just to the Lakers. The fact that, you know, Bron I, at, you know, 35, 30, however old he is, doesn't have to initiate all his offense from 30 feet away from the rim. You know, you can put him in the post. And obviously he's on Gary Trent. Like, he be yeah. back Gary Trent down. They have to come double. Then people are open. And, you know, you know one rotation, okay, yeah. the next person going to be wide open. So, and even also for Bron, like, I think it makes it easier for him to score or get fouled if he's in, you know, the the you know the post position as opposed to trying to initiate everything from 30 feet away from the basket. Yeah. And so, like you said, when Bron goes to the post, uh, they doubled him often tonight. It was Gary Trent and Whiteside or Nurk would come over, and Bron would kick it out to a person in the corner, and they would either, A, shoot it or pass it. And what AD did tonight that I liked is he didn't settle for the three. He drove after catching it at the three-point line. He kind of said, you know what, sometimes I just need to – I'm a seven-foot big. I need to go attack the rim because no one can stop me and no, no one was able to stop him. The only thing I was disappointed in tonight was the Lakers only shot 10 free throws, and I felt like they drove a lot to the line where they shouldn't have only shot 10 free throws. It's not like they're shooting 53s out there. So I don't know. I, I would like a little bit more respect from the whistle, but, again, the Lakers suck at the free throw line most of the time, so we can't really complain about whistles if we're just going to go out there at the line and miss one of two basically. Yes, but no, like even I know, I think the main one was when like I think AD drove and maybe like right before halftime, I think I saw the whole bench get up, but it was like yeah. he didn't really take it up strong. Yeah. He made the shot, but sometimes mm-hmm. AD does his thing because again, AD is, you know, as far as being seven foot and being able to do it, the things that he does, one of the things that you know, he had an advantage on everybody else was the fact that he was for the most part small most of his life and he hit a crazy growth spur in high school, but that doesn't mean your guard skills just yeah. go away and disappear. So sometimes he'll go in and try to like evade contact instead of just like, you know, going in and literally just taking it up strong. Um, and I think some, excuse me, sometimes I think he did that today, but more often than not, he just, you know, went in there, took it up and just played his size. I yeah. think if AD plays his size, he's obviously one of the best one, two minimum three best players yeah. in the NBA that we had today. If he just plays his size. Yeah. Uh now let's get to like LeBron. Are you concerned about his play at all? I was game one. Um, I think that today he looked a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think there are things that obviously is he's he's not, you know, is he's he's not 29 anymore, but I think there are things you can do to supplement, you know, the fact that he's older. One thing, like I said today, was he was in the post more. Mm-hmm. I think you can utilize, I think Bronze would be playing a power forward position basically in general, honestly, to keep a G with you. I think he's playing a power forward position when, he, when he's not, you know. And also, you can still run the offense from the power forward position. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, even when actually, I mean, even, even though there's not much footage of it, I think that he should watch a lot of footage of when Magic Johnson actually came back to the Lakers okay. and he was playing power forward. And I granted it's, it was probably only maybe like maximum 15, 16 yeah. games, probably. But you should watch a lot of footage of that and then be like, okay, how could I do this? I think that, you know, even because again, Trevor Reza isn't there. If Trevor Reza was there, it'd be something different. But right yeah. now, the best option they have for you is Gary Trent or Carmelo Anthony. 
either one, I think you can kind of take in the block and kind of abuse. Maybe Melo, you might have a little bit more difficult time with, but still, Melo's lost a lot of weight. I still think either one you could take in, you know, um, um, in the block and abuse. So I appreciate the way LeBron played today. I didn't think he played bad in game one. I just thought that that wasn't it. Like, I didn't yeah. think what he did was bad. I mean, you had 23, 16, and 17. That's not a bad game when any stretch of the imagination. It just wasn't it. Yeah. So what I think he did well tonight was, like, he let the he let the game come to him in the post. He didn't try to do too much. I believe his turnovers were down from game one to game two. Uh, the only thing I don't like is the Lakers do kind of complain a bit about not getting calls. And then there were two or three times when the game was close in the first half where he didn't get back on transition. It led to a Gary Trent three and I think a Dame or CJ layup where Frank Vogel called timeout both times. It's just I mean, that's just Braun, bro. It's like yeah. that's just that's just like from just watching Braun yeah. every day for the past seven eight years of my life over watching Braun. That's just Braun. Sometimes yeah. Braun just does that. It's like he'll complain, but but he but he has a reason for it though. It's like yeah. Braun's one of the most weirdly officiated players in the NBA. Yeah, it's like sometimes like for everybody else that's a foul. But for Braun, it's like, I don't know if that was a foul. Like, was yeah. he just being – was he going to take a throw to the rim or was that a foul? So, like, Braun has a point sometimes to pout to the ref because of the fact of, you know, Braun gets officiated differently than others sometimes. Yeah. I think I'm at the point where I'd rather him get a technical than not trap not, than not trap back on defense. Because it just kind of, like, it sets a bad example for, like, other players to do that because I'm, like, I've seen JaVale kind of complain and not get back on defense for a whistle as well. So I'd rather see uh, – Either LeBron or Frank get a technical, just yell at the ref instead of them not get back on defense. But uh, from what LeBron from what LeBron showed tonight, um, defense, I like it. Just the overall intensity and what he told Anthony Davis uh, prior to tip off, which we found out after the game, which is basically, don't get it too down on yourself. You're AD, and like this is your team, basically. Like we're gonna go where you lead, and I'm gonna be leading you as well. But like just play your game, and I think Anthony Davis showed that tonight. When he's playing that well, the Lakers are unbeatable. I can agree with that. Not nah, when 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 AD is playing the way he played tonight, because usually AD is like, okay, I personally think AD should work from inside out. Mm-hmm. When AD has an inside game working and then goes outside, yeah. it looks great. Now when he tries from outside and then tries to do everything else, and it's like it gets a little bit shaky. Yeah. But when he, you know, starts working inside and he's rolling to the basket, he's rebounding the ball, or he, you know, he's active on defense. Because personally, I think AD is a better is defensive player than he is offensive player, which yeah. is crazy. But I think he's a better defensive player than he is, like, you know, um, offensive. So when he's like getting all of the other parts of his game going, and then he goes outside, yeah, yeah, it's like okay, you know, AD feeling good tonight. Yeah, and that's what happened. Game one, game one, he tried too much from the outside, and tried then he, and then he tried to like kind of go inside after, and he just was cold tonight. You saw him attack the offensive glass after we missed a whole bunch of shots to begin with, and then he got a rhythm. And then he was up to like 14, 15 points. And then you saw him hit like three threes, like right after that. So like once that happens, it's just, it's a wrap after that. Like he had um, um, Whiteside looking like he wasn't Whiteside. I don't think Whiteside is yeah. a great player, but I do think Whiteside is a good defensive player. Obviously he's one of, you know, the best shot blockers in the league. And I think he's a very, very good rebounder. But I yeah. mean, he was taking balls away from Whiteside. Yeah. Like clean but- away from the man. Which AD doesn't really average that much rebounds, even given how tall he is. I just think it's like our team dynamic. Uh, Like JaVale, Dwight's in the game, LeBron's in the game. There's just a lot of people to like uh, take away rebounds. And then Caruso also probably takes away some rebounds, same as Danny Green. They're just long guards, long guards that are 
you're going to be able to jump and get the ball. But first quarter, he was definitely taking some rebounds away from the centers, and which was leading to two points or a kick out for three. Um, I wanted to ask you a question. Do you think the Lakers are doing anything to limit uh, Dame's assists? Because I think he had only one tonight, and I don't think he had more than three or four last game. Where you saw like kind of later games of the bubble and the uh, seeded playoff game or whatever you want to call it, he was getting close to 10, 11 assists a night. I think it's just their defense in general. I think it's yeah. their defense in general, and I just think the Blazers are missing shots. Like if you look at most of these games, they Blazers probably scored like what one twenty. I mean, if you score at one twenty and Dame's usage is probably at like thirty, he's probably gonna get nine assists by mistake just for the fact that he has the ball so much. Yeah. Um, and I think that now with the Lakers, the Blazers score. Did they score hundred points tonight? They scored 83, 88, 88. I know it wasn't 100, so it was like, okay, they didn't score 100 points, and Dame really got hurt third quarter. Same your last game. Did they score 110 last game? It was 193 last game. So it was like they're not really scoring that many points. I think they shot, what, 39% last game or something like that? You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's not really – I mean, it's not like he's not passing the ball anymore. It's just that like those same – you know, assist opportunities just aren't there because of the fact that they aren't making shots. Yeah. The Lakers, the, the one, one thing the Lakers have been doing is playing good defense, at least in these first two games. They have been playing good defense. Now, now their offense, you can argue if you like it or not, but they have been playing good defense throughout these first couple yeah. of games. Uh, and then let's get into, like, J.R. Smith a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you or uh, TBJ saw. Uh, J.R. Smith actually outscored LeBron tonight. Which was probably like the wild. It'll be if we win seventeen, that'll be like a wild like fact to have like ten years later on the road that like J.R. Smith actually scored LeBron, outscored him in a playoff game. Do you think he's playable in spurts when the Lakers need some shooting? Yeah, I think J.R. is a veteran. Um, obviously he's played with. I mean, I mean, J.R. got more at this point got more finals experience than had the people in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, just from going what four straight years with LeBron, I think yep. it is four straight years. Yeah. Yep. So Jr. has you know experience. Jr. can seal. I think, you know, he's the guy who. I mean, you haven't seen him get hot in a minute, but if he gets hot, like he gets hot, you know. So I think yeah, like he'll he'll definitely see some time. I think he deserves some playing time, um, and we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I definitely think you can see Jr. get some playing time. I think he deserves it. You know, especially if Danny yeah. Green is gonna be if 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 Danny Green isn't gonna be providing you the shooting that he needs to be providing you, and again, mm-hmm. you got KCP. He was good tonight, but yeah, no, K- KCP. We'll talk about it. KCP was the reason why this game was a blowout. He was great tonight, and I like KCP because yeah. KCP to me, you know, he he don't he he don't always make him. He might score mm-hmm. one point, but he does shoot the for the most part. He shoots the shots he's supposed to shoot. Yeah. They may not always go in. But he shoots the shots that he's supposed to shoot. You don't really see him take too many shots that you just think he shouldn't take. He shoots the shots that he's supposed to shoot. Um, I like Casey for that. I think he does his job on this basketball team. But if he's not making shots, if him and DGR are making shots, you need somebody else at those guard positions. Then you got now JR and Deion Waiters, who also I think helped a lot as well, being able to handle the ball, being able to shot create. I don't know why he didn't play in game one, you know, maybe. I mean, obviously, the thing I remember even me and Glass were saying, like, the Lakers basically working with a new team right now. Like, they're playing a lot of people who they weren't playing during the season. So it's like, you know, you kind of got, like, a whole new team, basically, and you kind of throwing them out there in the playoffs. I'm like, all right, well, let's figure it out. So it's, yeah. so it's going to take a second. Um, but, you know. 
if if and when Rondo does come back, how do you think that bites into Dion's possible playoff time and Caruso's? I think it just depends. You know, I think you put Rondo on the court, but if he's not performing and you I mean, think about it, it's the playoffs, you know. Like yeah. Not to bring up other teams, but even with the Clippers last what the, the last night when they threw trades out there, and I'm like, yo, you know, I mean, I know that was what you did during the season, but it's the playoffs. Like, a trade's down the rhythm. You got to go with the people who, who you know, are in rhythm. So yeah. if Rondo goes out there and, you know, you would, you, you would usually go with Rondo during the season, but he looks like he's down in rhythm, you got to take that man out and put somebody who is, you know, more in rhythm and, you know, fatigue is right, stamina is right, and more used to game action at this point in time. Because the weird part about it is we're in the playoffs. This isn't yeah. like, you know, this is the pre – no, this is the playoffs. This is for all the models. So you really can't – you don't have time to waste on people trying to find their rhythm. So, I mean, obviously, you bring it back, you play him because he's Rondo, and you think, you know, playoff Rondo was a real phenomenon, like I've said many times. But, mm-hmm. you know, if he's not there, then you got to sell that man out and go with somebody else. Yeah. Which tonight I thought Frank did just better kind of like filling out the game and just playing the players that made sense. Although there was one time in the second quarter where there was 40 seconds of game action where LeBron, Kuz, or Anthony Davis wasn't in the game. Yeah, I saw and, that. I was like, what and, as, and as a Laker fan, I'm like, all right, this is going to end badly. This is how our lead will shrink. But luckily they called timeout and put AD back in the game and like the ship kind of righted itself. And so if you're not going to put AD, Kuz, or LeBron in the game, you need Dion. You need someone that can score. So, or, I mean, I guess you'd have to put Rondo in because Caruso can't lead that unit. If Kuz, LeBron, or AD in the game, you can't have Caruso in there as a primary guard because he's not like that. He can't create for anyone else besides himself. He's really a two-guard. He's really a two guard that he's like what six three maybe, mm-hmm. so he's not really tall, which is probably why he ended up in the G League because it's like you're yeah. not tall enough really to play two guard. Yeah. You really have to play the one, but you really don't have point guard skills. So now you have to fit in a situation which makes sense, which is also probably why his net rating with Braun on the court is so good because he's not a point guard. Yeah, he's literally a two guard that's just too short to play the, the uh, two. Yeah, because I don't see many point guards going to go screen LeBron's man like as much as Caruso does. He's just out there to cut and play defense because he's not hitting any of his outside shots, which might impact his play later on the road. Because if he's not making shots, he can't be out there. Yeah. No matter no matter how great of a defensive player I think he is and how important he is to this team, he he won't find the playing time, especially if Danny Green ever gets a shot back, if KCP continues this. And if Dion or JR ever get implemented into like the rotation uh, consistently, um, what are your thoughts about Game Three? What do you think happens that game? Oh uh, well, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with Dame. I don't think we you know show what, but but even still, it's a finger issue. Like how I many people was like, I don't remember TBJ was like, oh, the series over. I'm like, I mean, I want to bring it up, but man, if Kobe played with broken fingers and torn ligaments, fingers, you can get yourself out there and play with some yeah. like, damn bro. Not granted, I've never broke a finger. I don't want to break a finger. I don't know what it feels like, but I feel like players play with broken fingers all the time, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. You can take yourself out there and play with that broken finger in the playoffs for all the marbles. Yeah. You can go, especially with four months off, you can go out there. Ain't like no other ligaments tied on you. You can go out there. Now, as far as game three, I think I, I would hope we see a much more closely contested game. Um, I think that it, it, to me it's because it kind of seemed like the Blazers came out with all the energy in game one. And in game two, they just didn't have the energy. Like, they seemed like they were, well, you know, we won game one. Hey, bro, we did. We came and do game one. We didn't think we was going to, you know, go up 3-0 anyway. So, you know what? We won game one. We fell down a little bit. All right, whatever. I would hope that we would see, a, you know, a a much more energized 
Blazers team in game three. I mean, I, I, I think that they have to play good at some point in time. But again, I think that the Lakers, you know, you gave them a chance where like they got some work in. They got a lot of guys, a lot of run that they didn't get um, in game one. They also figured out a couple of rotations. So you deal with a situation where Lakers could come out, you know, and do kind of the same things. You know, maybe AD figured out what works. You know, maybe Braun figured out what maybe, you know, KCP and Dan, Danny Green hitting the shot was a great sign. Yeah. You know, I think Danny Green is due for a game at some point in time. Yeah. The law of averages, he's, 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 he's not going to shoot 0 or 5 every night. Nope. He's due for a game at some point in time. You know, and if Danny Green gets hot, I mean, we, I mean, we all remember, like, he was, what, he broke the NBA Finals record for threes throughout three games, yep. four games? Yep. Granted, that was, like, eight years ago, but still, yeah. like, if Danny Green gets hot, he gets hot. Like, all he doing out there is sitting out there and shooting for the most part. The one yeah. thing I did, like, is he was, he, tonight he was engaged defensively. More than what I've seen him engaged defensively, I yep. want to say, in the bubble. Yeah. So even though he wasn't making shots, I really didn't have much to say about him because he was engaged defensively. Like when you, you know, not making shots and you getting cooked is one thing, you know, but when you engage defensively, it's like, all right, whatever, you engage, so you play hard. I'm like, oh, you know, go too hard on you for that. So, yeah. I mean, I think we'll see a more closely contested game. Again, I picked the Lakers in six anyway. So I'll probably say Lakers win, you know, maybe Blazers even it up game four and, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. But, Yeah. So I think it's I think the Lakers will at least win by 15 plus game three. I think they kind of figured out what works, and I wouldn't say the Lakers have played great at any stage of like they haven't played a whole game that's been great. They played probably two quarters tonight at like their maximum like talent level that they can get to, and they just coasted after that. So I think I think the Lakers might get a complete whole game in the third game, and I do think uh, Dame and TJ will play a little bit better. So like it might be close, but. I just don't think there's a way the Lakers lose game three after they kind of have like a blueprint on how to contain Dame and CJ. I also think, like you said, Danny Green's due. And I'm kind of happy that they kept Danny Green in there until he hit a three. Because you need his uh, – you, you're going to need him going forward if you're going to want to yeah. win championship. You're going you're gonna to have to keep him in, and you're going to have to hope he makes threes. And like you said, yeah, Dame should play. I've seen, as you brought him up, Kobe. Kobe won a championship with a messed up finger. So like all you can play everything yeah. in that championship. So you can play broken through it all. Finger, broken finger, like it's hand injuries. It's not like it's a broken hand or something like that. Where you can't hold nothing. It's a finger. You know, I don't know if it was a shooting hand or whatever. I have no idea. But you know, I think a finger is something you can manage through. Yeah, and as long as the Lakers continue to stay healthy, I don't think it goes longer than five and at most six. This series should not hit seven. And if it does hit seven, I think the Lakers have bigger problems than just round one. I can agree with that. Let's see. Um, anything you want to get into before we head out for the night? It's up to you, bro. I mean, if you if 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 if, if you got one more thing, I'm here. Uh, let's see. We can talk about. Um, what do you think, Javale? Do you think Javale will be on that short of a leash the entire uh, playoff series? Yes, because I think Dwight has just been better. Yeah. Like, I also think Dwight has actually been better. Like, Dwight, and also we got, like, Dwight Howard, you know, a lot of people, young people who may not, who, you know, watch this may not remember the Dwight Howard that we remember. Yeah. But, like, Dwight Howard is one of them ones, yo. Dwight Howard is arguably, arguably, post-2000, the best center. Okay. Arguably, post-2000, yeah. he is the best center. I mean, you got Ben Wallace you want to throw in there. If you want to throw Shaq in there, you can throw Shaq in there. Other than that, who else? Yeah, he probably is probably the best center that we've had in the league. And I think so, with Dwight, so it's 
it's not can he play, it's just can he stay on the court? Because that man likes to foul more than anyone I've ever seen. And like but he gets kind of he gets he gets ref kind of like LeBron, yeah. where it's like he's strong, so like people are running into him and falling over, so he's getting called for an offensive foul, but he's literally just standing there. So yeah, it's kind of tricky. Yeah, yeah, but I like it though. It's like you know, you know, we all complain about AD being a little soft. You know, we think Javale's a little bit, you know, happy-go-lucky at times. So I like the fact, you know, Dwight's coming off the bench. Like you don't need to play forty minutes. You can go in there and use your six fouls. I like the fact that that when Dwight gets in the game, you don't know Dwight's in the game as some, you know, somehow Dwight can make an impact. Dwight ain't just gonna go out there and do cardio. He gonna foul somebody. He gonna get some rebounds. He gonna get some. He gonna do something. To the point, to the tune where you know Dwight Howard is in the basketball game. So I like that. Like I don't mind, you know, Dwight being physical and using his fouls. I really, really don't mind it. I like that. I think that we need more players coming off the bench. You know, with the Dale Davis, Antonio Davis type mentality, Charles o- Charles Oakley type mentality. Well, you know, I got six fouls. I'm gonna use them. Yeah. So I also don't have issue with Dwight Howard, you know, doing the things um, that he's doing when it comes to that. I like it personally. I love to see it. Yeah. So and also, I, and real quick, I also said during the season, I thought the White House was six men of the year votes. I know yeah. it's not, you know, defense isn't pretty, you know, so he probably won't because somebody come off the bench scoring 17 points like a Lou Will or like a Dennis Schroeder or a Trey is more pretty. Yeah. But I thought like the White House was one of the 10 best defensive players in the league all season. Yeah. So, yeah, I so I just going. Get... Go ahead. Going from AD and JaVale to Markeith and Dwight, you can see like the, you can see the uh, physicality kind of like pick up. Those people, like you're, you're both, you're going to feel both of them on the court. They're going to play defense. They're going to set screens. They're going to fight for rebounds and they're going to foul you. And like, you're going to feel their presence. So like it kind of just wears out the other team because you go from AD and Dwight and then you go to Markeith and JaVale and then you got LeBron on the court. And then you have like guards that are six, five and above. So like over the course of a game, you're going to feel the Lakers like, defensive intensity so like you said i think javel will be on a leash with the uh, regards on how dwight plays but if they play that hard every night they deserve all the minutes that they're going to get from frank because like tonight there's i've been a javel critic and i kind of like almost want a javel out of the starting lineup and just put either dwight at the no. starting five but like javel shut me up first six minutes he was there he, he had, like, a crazy Dr. J layup. I think that was the second basket that he made of the night. Or I'm like, why are you making that? Why are you taking that? But they went in. I, I, I like JaVale. I guess when you start playing JaVale 30 minutes, you probably did too much. You know, you yeah. play JaVale, even though he's a starter, he probably shouldn't play normal starts in the minutes. You play him, like, 20, 24 minutes maximum. You know, saying you look, you know, you know, AD and and Dwight up the other minutes, um, at his position. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like 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 I said, like I I like the way Javale plays tonight and everything Dwight is doing all season. I love it. And also, I just think Dwight's motivated. You know, Dwight Dwight want to get a ring before he goes out. You know, Dwight don't have too many years left. I just think, you know, yeah. he came in two thousand four. You know, so. I think he wants to get a ring before he goes out of here. And again, like I, I love the physicality Dwight Howard brings to the game. I genuinely love it. You know him, even you saw him talking to White Side, and I don't know what he was saying, but it couldn't have been nothing nice. You know, saying stuff to White Side. I love that. Like I think the Lakers need mm-hmm. that on their team. I think that yeah. like like every I, I think every team 
every great team needs one of those like down and dirty guys, those like enforcers. You know, yeah. I think the Warriors had Draymond Green, even a Bogut, a guy who people wouldn't think of, but they had a Bogut, you know, like they had that. Um, the Raptors, I mean, I don't even know if I'm thinking of last year. Surge, I don't think you just walk up to Surge. And, I mean, we saw Surge choke up a man in Cleveland, yeah. you yep. know, because he said something to him. You know what I'm saying? So I think every team needs one of those guys where it's like, I you foul Bron too hard, you foul, you know, AD too hard, you do whatever, you come in this lane, you're going to know about it next time. And I think the white staff for the Lakers and I love it. Yep. Yeah. And that's why I like the bubble basketball because you can hear, you can hear it all. And that's yeah. one of it's it's fun to hear. Like you can, you can hear uh, Crusoe took a three, and you heard the entire Portland Trailblazers say hell no when he took the three. Like I even though that's even though that. even though that's sad as hell to see, it's just it's cool seeing that intensity. And like you can hear like like when AD blocks a shot or like gets a dunk, you can hear Dudley screaming from the other side of the court. Like it's cool just to see yeah. veteran presence kind of like impact the game because there's no fans, and you're gonna need some intensity. Dwight brings that. Dwight's just instant energy, Caruso's instant energy, Marquise's instant energy, and KCP, I would say, from our starting lineup, he's instant energy. So you're going to need those kind of players on the court, and it's just it's cool to see them gel together. And then even LeBron was the most passionate. I've seen him on the sidelines tonight than I, that I have seen in his, his entire Laker like career, which isn't that long, but... It was just cool to see them kind of respond in a must-win fashion because if we went down 2-0 against the Blazers, I don't know how the I don't know how the series plays out after that. I don't know how AD responds to that. I don't know how Braun responds to that. And then the mind the mind went to a dark place, and like the Bulls just got the fourth pick. If we go out in the first round, does AD go to Chicago and just say F the Lakers? And Braun kind of just requests a trade somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, nah, I feel you. The, the, the lottery wasn't thinking of that. I mean, we was all in, you know, in a group chat talking about it, talking about the Bulls or whatever else. I mean, I was down from Chicago, but um, I wanted to say that I think that as far as, you know, one thing I've done throughout this period is, like, observe benches. Mm-hmm. I think, like, granted, I haven't, you know, seen everybody's bench. Like, I don't watch everybody as close as everybody else. But I think the Rockets and the Lakers, have shown the best benches. And I think that to me screams team camaraderie and how much your team yeah. actually likes each other. Rockets, Lakers, and Clippers. I think the Clippers, yeah. this has been dope too at times. Lakers and Rockets have shown yeah. to me the best, like, oh, you can tell these guys, like, they probably have no issue being around each other, you know, for however many months and above, which I think is a very underrated quality. Quality yeah. like everybody. You know, I think. I mean, you even heard the ladies are like a Madden tournament going on. You yep. know, just things to, you know, obviously we in a bubble away from our families, you know, away from everything for however many. We got to like each other. And I think that Lakers, to me at least, seem to all like each other. And I think that I think that, that has to fall on, honestly, probably like LeBron and Jared Dudley. You know, two people who've been in the league for a while and knows, I mean, Jared Dudley knows how it feels, how it, how it feels to play with multiple teams. So does LeBron. Bottom yeah. to play on multiple teams, multiple teammates, you know. So just getting everybody on the on same page and just locking everybody. I think it's been a huge thing for the um, Lakers. And then, like, even with you're speaking about team chemistry, the um, the respect that everyone has for Rondo, like for me, Rondo's um, coaching aspect, his IQ never in question, and you can hear how highly people speak of that. 
Because you're like LeBron today was like, hey, Rondo's back. We have like kind of the guy that sees X's and O's and like kind of like uplifts people on the team. And you you were you were able to hear him on the uh, sideline tonight. And I think his best impact will be from the sidelines, just keeping the the effort and the intensity up and kind of like shouting out assignments because sometimes the centers forget to come up on the screen instead of they just want to drop. And that's what AD's problem was the first game. Tonight, I don't know if you missed an assignment on stepping up on the pick and roll. Whereas the first game, you saw him miss a lot. Of, you miss you, you saw him miss a lot of those, and that resulted in Dame threes. And that's why the six point lead went into a seven point deficit versus the Blazers in game one. Today, I didn't see AD miss one of those assignments. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Not that was one of the main issues. The thing about Dame is like, you know, uh, uh, Dame is a smaller guard. You know, smaller guard deal for the most part. Usually, had you can affect. Players under 6'4 or 6'5 who don't have, like, insane athletic even if they do, you can still kind of affect what they because they just aren't that big. They can't shoot over everybody. You can trap them, make them get the ball up and things like that. So, yeah, I think they just, like, realize, oh, we playing Dame. Literally, Dame has inside a half-court range. You know what? I got to extend my range of defense than I normally would. I got to work a little bit harder. Yeah. And, okay, you know what? I'm going to do that. Yeah. So we're both in agreement. I think Lakers in five. You think Lakers in six, and so that's gonna. Yeah. So that's gonna lead up to Lakers and Rockets, and I think we're probably still in agreement that out of the Western Conference team, I think the Rockets challenge the Lakers the most. I agree. Especially, yes. especially, especially if Westbrook's back, and even without him being back, they've Eric Gordon stepped up in the bubble. Ben McLemore's still hitting threes, and the Rockets just look like a well-organized team that's kind of played the same way for two years now. I mean, the thing about, you know, Westbrook not being back, which is a good thing, bad thing, I don't know, is just you know what you're getting mm-hmm. without – like the, the, they play one way without Russ. Is mm-hmm. we give Harden the ball, he penetrates, he passes. When Harden's on the bench, we pass the ball a little bit more. We penet- we still penetrate, drive and kick, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, drive and kick. And our ball movement is, you know, Harden going to get past whoever. He's going to kick it out one, two passes. Eventually, you can't rotate enough to be able to, you know, guard everything. And you take the first over three you see. And come back on the other end and play defense. You know, I think the Rockets are playing, at least today, the Rockets probably play some of the best defense I've damn near ever see the Rockets play in general. Um, so they're going to defend the way that they defended today. And also with, you know, these bigger teams is you have to crash the glass and the rebound. And I think the one thing the Rockets have been doing, even though they play small, has been, you know, you've seen all five people go in there and rebound and you'll see like gang rebound. Like, okay. So house will box out one person because he knows he can't get the rebound, but you know, Harden will come in and get it or Rocco will come in and get it or easy will come in and get it. Um, but when Russ comes back, obviously you don't play the same way every time, but it adds just a different dynamic that you really can't explain with Russ. It's just like he's so quick, he's so fast. I mean, even some up today, you know, talking to everybody, so it seems like people love Russ. And he rushes as like a different dynamic, and I think that it'll be a style of fights against the Rockets and you know, Lakers. I think that you know, I mean, you have four players who could easily be the best two players on the court any given night. Yeah. You know, the Rockets got two MVPs and the Lakers got two MVP caliber players. So you talk about which one of those duels could be the best on the court any given night. And the role players, I think it's a toss-up either way when you come to the role players on any given night. So, and again, it's a battle of styles. And I think it would be a very, very interesting series to see. 
Yeah. And I think regardless that series goes seven, I probably have it coming out a little bit differently than you have it. And that's totally fine because I can see it going either way. I just think the Lakers win because I do think LeBron and AD do get it done. But the way Harden's played this year, if he if he do actually ends up winning the championship, I won't knock him anymore as a NBA player. He will have gotten the job done as all great shooting guards have to do to be considered great. And if he gets it, hey, all the power to him. But I just think over that seven-game series, I kind of just think that size. And it's not just the size. It's the agility, the athleticism that AD and some of the other bigs do have. Because with um, with the Thunder, Steven Adams is, I'm not going to say unplayable in that series, but there's a difference between Steven Adams play, uh, playing free safety and AD. And even just getting rebounds. Like, Steven, Go ahead. Steven Adams can't jump for rebounds like he can get boxed out because like he kind of needs to be in position to get a rebound. With AD, AD can sky from anywhere to get a rebound. Steven Adams isn't doing that. Even in that series, I don't think Steven Adams is the issue. I think that it's the guards. You know, Mm -hmm. like you want to play Dort, but like Dort isn't really the best three-point shooter. Even though Dort, you know, is I mean, he strapping hard for the most part today. Yeah. But it's like when Dort's in the game, obviously your offense takes a little bit of a hit and they think they don't have to guard Dort, which I think that Dort's, you know, um, um, the way he makes his living in the NBA being able to be a 36% three-point shooter. Because if he can shoot 36% from three and also continue to play the defense that he's playing right now as he gets older and, you know, gets more mentally, you know, savvy, then I think he has a real, real future on his hands as far as, you know, uh, in the NBA. But right now, he really can't shoot. So it's like in certain situations, you got to go to the lineup where I think it's Adams, Gallinari, CP3, SGA, and Schroeder. But like who in that lineup can go hard and then when Russ comes no one. Excuse me, when Russ comes back, who can go hard in that lineup? Like you put Schroeder on Harden, but like Harden, it's like got like 40 pounds on Schroeder and probably don't even see him when he raises up to shoot. Dork is guy, you know, with a little bit more body mass. He just can't move past you know, him, and then when he raises up to shoot, Dort's probably like right there because Dort might be taller than him. So I don't even think the main issue is really even Steven. I think Steven Adams stays on the court just fine. I think the issue yeah. with the Thunder and why they really don't have a chance to compete is the fact that they have to sub out offense for defense, and then mm-hmm. offensively, the Thunder can switch everything. Speed three at this age can't really get past anybody no more. It's funny because he's showing people he's, he's showing everybody why the Rockets traded him. Like, they'll literally yeah. just switch all five players, and CP3 is, like, just dancing with the ball and can't do anything, yeah. basically, in general. You know, and, and, and I mean, the same thing with everybody else. Like, they just switching off on all the guards, and it's like, well, we got y'all. Like, yeah. y'all can't really do nothing that break us down. So I don't think Steve Nash is really the issue, and I think it's really the guard play that's the issue. The, 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 they just don't have the guards to be able to do it on both. They, they don't have two-way guards. In that series, I've seen too much Mike Muscala for the Thunder to have a chance. That man man couldn't hit three in L.A., and I just – I'm like, I I don't want to watch the Thunder if they're playing Mike Muscala. Not even that. It's just he got a guard. Like, like Houston makes you guard every – because they play so small. They're really out there playing Mm -hmm. basically one through three. They really not playing no fours and no fives. I mean, if you want – they well, really really they're playing guards and wings. They're not playing no fives. Make you guard. Everybody can put the ball on the floor and get to the cup. Everybody is agile. Everybody is mobile. So if you can't guard a guy like Danilo, a guy like you know Mike, unless you about to score two points and can't guard, then you're not really offering. You're not really doing nothing. And then just random question going back to LeBron: Was his um? Does he still have that double digit streak in the playoffs going? 
Did he barely hit that tonight? I think he barely hit it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. wondering. Also, I think he, I had, ask he you. had 10 points tonight. I think it was 10. Yeah. Yeah. 10. yeah. yeah, yeah you got it going. Okay. That so should that, never be a playoff game in which LeBron, as long as he starts, doesn't score 10 points. Like, what were yeah. you doing, Bron? Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you think that ever happens this, uh, the rest of the way? No. No. If LeBron scores eight points in a playoff game, delete Twitter. Do you think we end up seeing more of his mid-range game as the playoffs go on, or do you think that kind of that's a little bit lost since he kind of has lost the burst to the rim? I mean, when did LeBron ever have a mid-range game? Twenty eighteen, the the playoff series where I was like, "No, you mean no, you mean the one game in which he did the fadeaway expedition on on the on Raptors." All right, uh, you the the highlights might have all came from that game. I saw one yeah, game in which he did a fadeaway. It was, it was, it was game. I think it was two. I've, I haven't seen LeBron do that since then. He had like a fadeaway expedition. It was literally game two. It was the fourth quarter game two when LeBron was doing things. Literally, he probably only does in practice. LeBron's okay. never really had a mid range game. It's been more perimeter oriented or as far as getting to the basket or getting in the post. His mid range game has never been something that was like Kobe or like Mike or like a KD that was more so an automatic thing. It's like when he's hot. Is rolling, but that's not how many times is LeBron literally hot? Not often. He's not hot like that. It's like he'll he'll get to the rim, he'll get his numbers, but how many times does he like literally like oh Bron hot? Like he's gonna come down and just yeah. give you one buckets. That ain't really Bron. Yeah, because now all we see is when LeBron's hot, he looks down, steps back, takes a three. That's his three. Yeah, that's or his shot right now. Or he's getting to the rim, he's finishing, he's getting to the foul line, like Bron. Being hot don't look like you know a guard getting hot or like a KD getting hot of things like that. Like, no, nah, it never has. Like, he getting hot don't for the most part, he's not. It's very few times in which he's put on the jumper expedition. Not saying he can't do it, it's just very few times in which he's done that. But there's going to be a time that comes in the game where he's going to need to have to get a bucket. So, I'm just hoping to see him being able to get like a mid range. It's not going to look pretty, but he's just going to have to knock it down. I think the post is where that comes in. Okay. Like you, which 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 is why I say like I don't want LeBron initiating all his offense at that age, at this age from feet away from the basket. You know if it's 2008 then whatever. But like right now you put him in the post and Bron is still going to work on. It. He's stronger than everybody. You know you get it up on the glass, it goes in. You get fouled. Obviously Bron still got the you know turn and fade and things like that. You know from from down low. But I think you if you need Bron to score, you get him in the post. And even still like he's so big, you have to double. Yeah. So you double them, obviously, one pass, next next pass, and next shot open. So I think when you need that, you put them in a post. And, like, Skip's kind of a troll when he says Kuzma needs to be the fourth quarter scorer. But when playoff games get tight, you need need someone to get a mid-range bucket when the game gets tight in the fourth quarter. And now I prefer AD doing that, but if Kuzma can create that, Honestly, I prefer like waiters or somebody like waiters, waiters okay. or like waiters or like a combination. Of, the thing is, the Lakers don't have any one. They don't have a Kyrie, which is why I said like Kuzma got to be Kyrie in the beginning of the season because like Kyrie was that guy. Like man, we don't have nothing on this possession, bro. Here we finna get you the ball. We gonna walk away from you, and you yeah. gonna figure this out for the next minute and thirty seconds, and we gonna get a bucket every time because you're that good. The Lakers don't have that right now. No. So it's like, you know, Kuzma can maybe supplement that. Waiters is the guy who, you know, Philly Jordan with all the most confidence in the world. You know, maybe he can go down for a possession. Like, hey, man, we, we've been stagnant for three possessions in a row. You know, the team making the run. 
here, Dion, we're going to give you this ball. We're going to walk away from you. We need you to create something and just, you know, give us back a little rhythm and pump us up again and things like that. Um, so I think that, that they have a combination of maybe Kuzma, Kuzma, maybe AD, maybe Raiders, even JR. Guy, he might, you know, hey, man, you might have to come to JR. You know, you run a play for him. He may put the ball on the floor and hit something stupid. Yeah. You know, so I just think that they have a combination of guys, but not no one set guy that you think you're going to go to in that situation. Yeah. Well, that's probably going to be it for uh, Lakers talk tonight. Um, again, Tabby, it's always have it's always fun having you on, just talking Lakers oh, basketball. Especially since you're a LeBron fan, I'm a Laker fan. I feel like we we tap all the bases when we like talk about <laughs> this different perspectives on like what we see. And yeah. I hope the next time we speak, we'll, I'll probably have you on Game Six if this goes Six, Game Five, and then hopefully uh, TPJ. We can all do like a get like three people on here or whatever. Maybe do that one time. And then if not, probably every every game after the Rockets and Lakers play. I'm around, man. I'm around. Yeah. Just let me know. I'm all right. And make sure you guys all follow along. Uh, Hoops and Brews, King Watch. Uh, follow us on Twitter, IG, and go ahead and donate, like on all the platforms as well. Uh, go ahead and get your plug in before we take off. As always, man, follow me on Twitter at Pavy or P A V Y Word R one word Hoops and Brews. Follow that. Also, I'm I am an artist. I have a new project out. I just feel like rapping too. Make sure you go check that as well. Pavbird.com. And, yeah, just thanks again for coming on. And until the next time we speak, go Lakers, and y'all be safe.